1: Hello and welcome back to Simply Seria, the Italian football podcast brought to you by the 90 Min Podcast Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Mr. Vittorio Campanile. Vittorio, how
0: are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I've, I've been better, but I, I can <laughs> see the, the big smile on your face, Vittorio. Huge result for Lazio. Uh, at the weekend and and I think we'll start off with that fixture but let me just quickly run you through the scores from this latest round of the Serie A. On Saturday it was Spezia 2, Salernitana 1, Lazio 3, Inter Milan 1, AC Milan 3, Verona 2. On Sunday it was Cagliari 3, Sampdoria 1, Empoli 1, Atalanta 4, Genoa 2, Sassuolo 2, Udinese 1, Bologna 1, Napoli 1, Torino 0, Juventus 1, Roma nil, and the Monday night game was between Venezia and Fiorentina, which Venezia won by a goal to nil. Um, So those are the results, some interesting results, and we're going to come on to talk about some of those games individually. Let's kick off then, uh, Vittorio, with the game on Saturday between Lazio and Inter, the return of Simone Inzaghi to the Olimpico as an opposition manager. What did you
0: make of the game overall? Well, I thought it was a great performance from Lazio. It was... Th- this weekend, there have been two great matches. Uh, Lazio-Inter and uh, Juventus-Roma. I thought Lazio-Inter was more entertaining. Uh, we saw too many mistakes in the second one. Um, Inzaghi coming back Rome, uh, fans loved him. I wasn't so happy of seeing him back, but, you know, the rest of the Lazio fans were quite exciting to to see him back. Um I thought Lazio played probably the best match of the season. Um, Inter struggled a little bit. I thought uh, Barella, that probably so far has been the best player they had, uh, played well the first half but pretty much disappeared in the second half. Uh, There was a lot of controversy because the second goal of Lazio created a lot of discussion here in Italy. But Lazio needed to win. And uh, I think they deserve to win. Um, I don't know if this is a sign of concern for Inter, but definitely um, they need to do something more for the incoming matches. Because with Napoli winning like that, with Milan winning like that, I can feel the Scudetto slipping away from Inter this season.
1: Yeah, they're already a massive seven points behind Napoli. And we're only, you know, eight games into the season. So there's definitely... Cause for concern. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it was a really good performance from Lazio. I think there were issues with Inter. I think they didn't look anywhere near as fluid or as threatening as they normally do. And I don't really know what that was down to because, you know, as you mentioned, there were a few players who just who you normally sort of think of as so reliable, Barella being one of them who just wasn't able to maintain his level for the entirety of the game. But you also touched on Vittorio, the controversy around Lazio's yep. second goal, Felipe Anderson, put Lazio in front for the first time in the game. I don't really understand where the controversy came from. And I, and we've seen some Inter fans on social media and particularly a friend of ours, Nima, who was, uh, who was on the, uh, on Twitter Uh, making his point about why that was so wrong on Lazio's part. So for those of you that haven't seen it, what happened was Inter were on the attack. Lautaro Martinez had the ball. The attack broke down. Um, There was an Inter player down on the ground. But Lautaro Martinez, correct me if I'm wrong, Vittorio, he tried to play. He tried to attack. And the minute Inter lost the ball, it was, oh, well, Lazio should kick it out now. No, that's not the way it works.
0: Well, well, he shot on target, right? He was uh, outside Lazio's box and uh, and tried to score. Reina saved the ball, saved it, and Lazio started a counterattack. Uh, so you know, Sarri said after the match, "This is typical Italian controversy." In England, this never happened, and I think he's right. And the fact, as you said, uh, Di Marco went down when Inter was attacking; nobody stopped. They finished, and then they wanted pretended that Lazio should have stopped. Why? Uh, in the first half, it happens something really similar. Uh, Darmian went down. Lazio was attacking, and Basic put the ball out. At the same second, the ball went out. Di Marco immediately, uh, Darmian immediately stand up and was completely fine. So you know, this is something Italian teams tend to do: uh, go down, ask for the ball to go out, and then stand up immediately. Uh, the rule says that if there's a bad injury or a head injury, the ref has to stop the match. Otherwise, they carry on. And this is exactly what Lazio did. So, yeah, I can understand why Inter fans are upset, but that's football. And we always said that there are far too many interruptions in Serie A. And this was just another case. So we have to avoid this stupid interruption. And I thought, honestly, uh, I didn't see nothing wrong, but on Twitter... (laughs) There has been massive complaints about that. So,
1: yeah, I I don't really understand why they're complaining, and I think Sari is absolutely right. I think in the Premier League, not a lot is made of that, and it just they just get on with it. And you know, there might be a little bit of a discussion around it at the time it occurs, and then it will disappear and become very much a kind of side note. It seems like in Italy, a massive deal has been made of this. Yeah. Uh, especially among the, the Inter fans, and I can't understand it. The other thing I couldn't understand was why the referee was so quick to show Felipe Anderson a yellow card. Felipe yeah. Anderson scored the goal. He had Inter players confronting him. Things spoiled over a little bit. And I, I felt like Felipe Anderson was was very much an innocent party and was punished for just being there and being the one that put it in the back of the net. Were you surprised at the referee's decision to to show him a card along with a number of others?
0: Well, in a certain way, yes. Uh, Philippe Anderson didn't do pretty much nothing because Dumfries, the Inter player, stopped him immediately and nearly giving a punch to him. Um, So I thought Dumfries should have been sent off, which didn't happen. And, you know, it looked to me that Irati, the ref of that match, didn't, wasn't perfect there. He, you know, tried to compensate. Okay, there is a f- sort of fight discussion. I give a yellow card to one team, a yellow card to the other team. But, you know, that's so superficial. Uh, lots of players didn't pretty much do nothing, while Inter players <laughs> uh, were pretty upset. They p- shoved players around, etc. So I thought there was at least one red card missing there. And, um, yeah, I didn't like the the the, the ref behavior in that situation because simply interplayer exploded and for no reason and yeah I don't like this type of things okay everybody's fighting I gave a yellow card to one team and another one to to the other team doesn't make sense
1: yeah completely agree uh, there was a red card shown at the yep. end of the game to uh to Luis Felipe uh for basically jumping on Joaquin Correa's back um silly but very silly yeah, I mean, I mean, is that just a, a sign of how kind of heated things had got during the game? And the fact that Simone Inzaghi was the boss as well, maybe just led to it spilling over a little bit.
0: Well, I thought it was very silly because Luis Felipe uh, jumped on the shoulders of Correa. Now, maybe people don't remember Correa is a former player of Lazio and they are big friends. Luis Felipe and Correa have always been together in these past years with Lazio. There are pictures on Instagram of Correa holding uh, Luis Felipe's child and so on. But Correa just lost a match 3-1. There has been a lot of discussion in this match. Why would you jump on the shoulder of that player at the whistle? It, It was clear that Correa would have that reaction and push him away. So, you know, totally no sense. And I have to admit that the red card was fair, I mean, that's really stupid, really stupid. So no justification for for Luis Felipe. And this is terrible because next Sunday, Lazio will be without the two starting central defender because Acerbi has still a match of ban and Luis Felipe will get at least one match of suspension. So this is a problem for Maurizio Sarri.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We talked a lot about some of the incidents that took place during the game and and some of the controversial moments, but from a footballing perspective, it was good from Lazio, wasn't it? And they're now just a point outside of the top four.
0: Yes, uh, it's strange because Lazio's playing very well in the big matches. Lazio have beat Roma in the Derby and have beat Inter. They lost against Milan, to be honest, but have played really, really well in these matches and then find a way to lose against Bologna, 3-0. So... Uh, it looks like the players are understanding more and more Sarri. And uh, I have to say that Lazio played really well. Felipe Anderson was probably man of the match from my point of view. Uh, so this is really encouraging. But now the team has to perform even against weaker team. Uh, I don't know if there's a stat, but look in the table of the top eight team. Lazio already played against four. So this is promising going forward because Lazio still have to play against uh, Napoli, Juventus and Atalanta. So uh, this should be a positive sign going forward if Lazio start winning against small teams. Um, I think Lazio, when they play like that, can beat any team or, or in Serie A, but the lack of continuity. They, they have to perform like that every single weekend and this still didn't happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh just before we move on from this one just to touch on Inter. Um what do you think in general because it's not the first time that they looked on the par didn't pick up the result they needed. Um you know, it's only their first defeat of the season but yeah. there's been a couple of disappointing draws as well. Uh in and amongst that. What have you made of Simone Inzaghi's start to life at San Siro? Is he is he is he finding
0: it a little bit more difficult than you perhaps envisaged? Um no, honestly, no. I thought, you know, this was the first defeat. Um, we have to remember that they lost Hakimi, they lost Lukaku. So this team, this Inter team is for sure weaker than the team of last year. And um, I think Inter is still finding a way to win. And Zeko didn't play well on Saturday, but if you compare Zeko of this year to the Zeko of last year, Uh, There's a massive difference. Zeko is scoring a lot of goals. Inter is probably playing better than last season. So I still think Inter is one of the favourites for the Scudetto. They have the best team. Uh, Maybe playing in the Champions League, it's taking off mental energy from them. And we see them then struggling after and before the Champions League matches. So let's not forget that last year, Inter was struggling at the beginning of the season. Then when the team was out of the Champions League, things changed. So maybe it's going to happen the same thing this year. I don't know. But, you know, I wouldn't be so pessimistic For if I'm an Inter fan. i will still be quite confident. And again, Inzaghi is a good manager. So, you know, uh, Conte has more experience probably, but I think Inzaghi is still a very good manager.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on to the the other big game that took place on Saturday, uh, Inter's local rivals, AC Milan. Uh, they were 2-0 down yep. uh, to Verona and managed to turn it around. Goals from Giroud, uh, a penalty from Kessie, and then an own goal just 12 minutes from time ensured that they completed the comeback in front of 40,000 fans. Vittorio, you know, as often we look at teams over the course of a season and we look back and we say that was a result that signified that this team have what it takes, have the metal to go on and challenge for the title one, become potentially the ch- the champions. Was this that type of fixture for you, for Milan C- considering that after 25 minutes, they were two goals down to turn it around the way they did. Is that a big
0: statement being sent to the rest of the Serie A? I think it is. And the, uh... Let's not forget that they had so many players missing. And every week we say this. And every week they lose another couple of players. Uh, Against Verona, Tataru played on goal because the starting goalkeeper got injured. He's going to be out one month. And we have to be honest, he has been one of the secrets of this AC Milan because he has been really good in in the, the other matches. So, obviously, we didn't expect Verona to be such an issue for AC Milan but when you go and see they're down 2-0 Ibrahimovic is out the other player is out the other is injured etc you think okay probably they're gonna lose this match they're gonna give up etc they have even the Champions League coming up so maybe you know they're focused on that match because they think this is already over instead they find a way to to not only find their equalizer but to win this match this is really really important and I don't know what to say to be honest with you because every time we repeat they they probably don't have the best team they have a lot of players missing and anyway every match they find a way to win this is i would say a characteristic of good teams so definitely I, I, I'm absolutely surprised but it's happening every given sunday right every week milan find new ways to win so I think the confidence is at the highest level now. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think that they can uh, challenge for the Scudetto at least. So Yeah,
1: I mean, it's seven wins from eight, just the one draw. Um, so just a couple of points shy of having a perfect record. Uh, and and they're in second place, just two points behind Napoli, of course. So you feel at some point we will drop points and, and there will be an opportunity for those but, but that can stay it-
0: close. But we said it every every week, right? They're going to lose points, etc., cetera, et cetera, and it never happened. Uh, Pioli has been terrific. Pioli has been, uh, in the last two years, he has been perfect. Uh, you sign Ibrahimovic, he comes in, he starts scoring, then he gets injured. This season, Ibrahimovic played very little and still they find a way to win. Giroud came in because, you know, Ibrahimovic is old, uh, he starts playing, then he gets injured, COVID, etc. They still find a way to win now, Giroud played last Saturday and scored, but you know, I think the confidence this team has at the moment is is very important It's the reason why they find a way to win. They simply believe they can win every single match, and that's what's happening so really impressed by this team
1: yeah for yeah for sure you know they've they've been really uh, really good, really impressive and and you know, they look as though, at least for the time being, they're going to keep up the pace. The only thing that kind of, the only slight concern I have about Milan is that in the early stages or, or towards the middle of last season, we saw them look yeah. like they could win the Scudetto. And we, we really did take their challenge seriously. And they did fall away in the end and they fell away quite dramatically. So there is a small part in the back of my mind, Vittoria, that tells me all the time that just to be cautious in terms of my expectations around
0: Milan. Yeah, and I think it depends a lot on the other teams because last year Inter stepped up from January onwards and start really impressing everybody, start winning matches and things like that. So again, if this season happens the same, then for Milan it's going to be really tough because I think I think they're giving everything they have now. But can they continue to perform like that? I'm not sure about that. But you know, if you want to continue to play like that, then they have a chance. It all depends on Inter, Napoli, and these teams that probably have a better uh, roster than uh, than AC Milan. If they start stepping up and performing well, then it's going to be quite hard for AC Milan to keep it up. But at the moment, what can we say? I mean, they have so many... And eventually, they will get their players back, right? Ibrahimovic eventually will come back. Um, they will recover all the players they're missing. So... If they're winning like that, imagine when Pioli will have all the depths, all the players available, what they can do.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, a couple of the games from Sunday. Uh, Let's start with Napoli. Uh, Napoli defeating Torino by a goal to nil. I've got to admit, Vittorio, I was watching this one and I wasn't sure if Napoli were going to find the breakthrough. It felt like their winning run was potentially going to come to an end that they may have dropped their first points of the season, which wouldn't have been a, a disgrace by any stretch of the no. imagination. Torino made it very, very tough for them. But they found a way. And again, it was Osimen, And again, Napoli reminding everybody that they are here to challenge for the Scudetto this season under Luciano Yes, Torino,
0: Torino is a very good team. Um, they defend very well. They have a couple of very interesting players. And it's hard because they don't beat themselves. You have to find a way to do it. So it's very complicated. And honestly, Harry, after Insigne missed the penalty, I thought, okay, here the match can really change. Because, you know, your leader, your captain missed another penalty because it wasn't the first one. And you're at home, you're struggling, etc. The momentum could have shifted and Torino could have, you know, maybe take the match Find a goal and uh, and then uh, take out take home the three points. Instead, Napoli was really good because they didn't give up. They didn't, you know. After missing a penalty, there is that five minutes where the team is a little bit concerned or uh, desperate because we had a huge chance and we miss it. How can we score now? Instead, Napoli keep fighting. Um, It's not easy because, as as we said, Torino defence is very good. And Milinko Isavic is a good goalkeeper, by the way. So keep in mind this name because I think he has a bright future. Uh, But still, Napoli find a way to score. Ozymane is playing a terrific season. As I said in the last podcast, he did it even last year. Then he got injured. And when he came back from injury, it wasn't the same player. So this could be the only concern. If men get injured again, what will happen to Napoli? But at the moment... Ozymane is a terrific striker, um, but as, as I said for Lazio, Lazio played against a lot of big teams. Uh, Napoli still haven't. Now, next week there's going to be yes, uh, Roma-Napoli, Milan. sorry, Roma so it's going to be the first big test for them, right? Um, and we're going to see how they will perform against big team. This is the biggest question mark I have at the moment.
1: Yeah, of course, and those, those fixtures will start to come thick and fast, won't they? Yeah. Uh, for Napoli in the not too distant future. Uh, moving on, uh, I wanted to talk about the game between Juve and Roma. Very, very gripping game. This one, it was a low-scoring game, but one that really it captured everybody that was watching it, and and you were hooked on it. You know, you couldn't you couldn't leave it. Uh, obviously, Juve uh, broke the deadlock after around about 15 minutes. I think it was the 16th minute. Uh, Moise Keane with the goal uh, really good ball into the penalty area from Di fantastic delivery Um, Juve took the lead but Roma didn't deserve to lose this one in my opinion and I think they were very hard done by when the play was pulled back for a penalty kick when the ball had actually gone in the back of the net if the referee just gave himself a second or two to, to assess the situation I think he would have come to the right decision allowing the play to continue. That's an unacceptable mistake for me from the referee's perspective. I guess if Roma convert the penalty, nobody talks about it and nobody yeah. says it's an issue, but it is poor refereeing, isn't it?
0: Yes, definitely. I think Orzado has been very lucky because um, he made a huge mistake. He, I mean, we are in the moment where uh, linesmen wait five minutes to sign a, uh, an offside. Why didn't he wait two minutes before whistling the the the, the, the penalty? He has been lucky because if you watch again, italian touches the ball with the hand. So anyway, the goal would have been disallowed. But take your time. You're not in a hurry. Wait 30 seconds and, and see what happens after the, after the foul. Um, but I have to agree with you. Roma played better than Juventus, to be honest. Uh, Roma didn't deserve to lose. Juventus is not playing great. They're defending very well. They have Chiellini and Bonucci back, so it's very hard to score them. But this is not the Juventus we were used to see. Uh, I think they had just two chances in, in 95 minutes, right? They score with Keane, and then he missed a huge chance in the second half. And that was pretty much Juventus in that match. Uh, Roma didn't have many more chances but definitely had more ball possession, created more chances. They they miss finalizing those those chances they created. But and and here again, Abraham, that everybody is very high here in Rome. Uh, he's a striker that in big matches doesn't find a way to score or to create chances. So this can be a question mark for Roma. But definitely, we have to be honest and say that probably Roma deserve at least a draw against Juventus. So, you know, it's true. Juventus won four matches in a row, but playing like that, I don't believe they're going to win many more.
1: Yeah, and and they're making a habit, aren't they, of of winning games by a goal to nil? The margins are very small. That's not sustainable, though, is it? You know, you play that way, there will come a point where your luck runs out and eludes you and you end up getting what your performances actually deserve, which you still have to say with this Juventus side is, is not very much.
0: Well, this is Allegri football, right? It's, you know, try to score one goal and don't allow the opposite team to score one. Uh, it's not very funny football. And uh, as you were saying, it's difficult because you just need one mistake in defense and uh, and you do win it. And this is exactly what happened at Napoli-Juventus, right? Juventus made two mistakes and Napoli won the match. Um Again, we said it this midfield of juventus is not very talented It's true, the wasn't fit so they're lacking some key players but chiesa was there and i thought he played badly i thought chiesa didn't do much in that match and he's one of the stars of this team so he should step up in this match and you know show why he's a he's considered one of the best italian players uh, but Again, not very convinced from this Juventus. Uh, At the moment, I don't put Juventus in the teams fighting for the Scudetto. I think Napoli, Inter, AC Milan are a little bit at a higher level than Juventus at the moment.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you there, Vittorio. You know, they're, they're just not performing at that level whereby we can sit here and say... Yes, they're you know they're they're still strong contenders for the scudetto, and it almost feels weird to say, doesn't it, after their dominance yep. uh, and, for and, so many years? But
0: and, and let's say something: they have been lucky because Zaniolo was definitely the best man of Roma, and he got injured and was sub before the end of the first half. I thought the first ten, fifteen minutes of Zaniolo was great. He was really putting um, a great performance, and Juventus was really struggling to stop him. When Zaniolo came out, and this happened also at the Derby, when Zaniolo came out, Roma lost something. It's true that Esharawi didn't play as bad as he did in the Derby, but you have to be honest, Zaniolo is much, it's a much better player than, uh, than Esharawi. And uh, you saw him. When he came off, Roma lost something. So, you know, if Zaniolo would have played all 90 minutes, I'm not sure Juventus would have got the three points.
1: Just finally, Vittorio, the last game I just wanted to briefly touch on. Um, I wanted to touch on Venezia's win over (laughs) Fiorentina. Now, a lot of people will be thinking, what on earth? Why has he decided to pick on this one? But Venezia have almost become everybody's favorite second team, right? Especially outside of Italy. I know here in the UK, they've almost become what we call the hipster's choice. Uh, They've got a beautiful kit. They're from a lovely part of Italy and and everybody wants them to do really well. It was their first win in five. Um, Their second win of the season over a Fiorentina side that, in my opinion, Vittorio, are just starting to flatline a little bit. We talked a lot about how good they looked at the start of the season, but it's now three defeats in their last five. Are you a little bit concerned about Fiorentina or do you think we're just seeing them balancing out in terms of what their actual level is? You know
0: what? I, I have been watching Fiorentina a lot this season because a lot of people were very high on them. And I see a very young team, but with too many mistakes. Um, I thought Vlaovic is a little bit too much overrated. He scored six goals, if I'm not wrong, but four came, came from penalties. Uh, Sotil made a stupid mistake yesterday, got a red card that was really silly. Um, I think that this team, it's a little bit overall overrated Um, Mm. They have talent, but they're making too many mistakes. Um, I thought the best match they had was against Atalanta. But again, they won thanks to two penalties there. So, you know, there are these type of teams that are, you know, over There's the hype on Fiorentina because there's a young manager. uh, There are young players that can really improve. I think... um, Glauwich is good, but still not great. And a couple of Fiorentina players are at the same level. They can become very good, but they're not there at the moment. So I'm not surprised they lost. I'm not surprised that they are struggling. And um, again, I'm not convinced from them. I don't think, you know, there were rumors people were convinced that they would fight for the Champions League. I don't think that. And I think they will struggle to get to the Europa League. And the fact that Vlaovic doesn't want to renew the contract. Comiso, the the Fiorentina owner, said Vlaovic doesn't want to stay, so we're going to sell him. This will just increase issue inside the team.
1: Yeah, for sure. It, it's just so, you know, when you're trying to build something, when you're trying to embark on a project and you're trying to develop a young group of players like Fiorentina are, it's so important, isn't it, vittoria that everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. But... Unfortunately, with Fiorentina, over the last few years, they've never been in a position whereby they can keep hold of these players, where they can convince them that this is the place to be and that if given time, yeah. they will get up to that level. And it means that they're always having to refresh and they're always having to start again. And just when you think they found a core group of young, talented players, somebody else will come in and turn the heads of the likes of Lavich, and you end up with these kind of problems. So, it just feels like a bit of a vicious cycle that Fiorentina find themselves in. But, you know, I, I don't want to overreact because I still think they can have a better season than they've had in recent seasons. But I don't know, maybe it's the era I grew up in. I look at Fiorentina as as one of the, you know, the interesting clubs in the Serie A. And to see them kind of constantly bouncing up and down and not really doing a great deal is, is obviously disappointing. But there we are. There
0: we are. Yeah, well... Obviously, last year they were a uh, big disappointed because they, they signed Ribery, they signed Cajon, et etc. And they were struggling. They fight for relegation at a certain point. Uh, this year they will definitely do better. But I'm not convinced. Seeing the other teams, Atalanta, Lazio, etc., they are below that level. And um, unfortunately, uh, in this modern football, you just need a couple of matches that you play well to become a new hero, a new star. And you're still not. You need years to become uh, a champion or a great football player. I think Fiorentina is full of that type of players that have talent, that could become great players, but are not at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have also a very young manager. Italiano did things very well with Spezia last year. He was really an interesting manager but maybe he's, he hasn't got that experience to bring a team like Fiorentina to the next level. He needs time to learn, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We are going to leave it there. We are out of time. Vittorio, uh, thank you so much as always for your fantastic insight. Let the listeners know how they can keep up to date with all the brilliant work you do elsewhere.
0: Well, we can, you can follow me on uh, Spreaker, Spotify on so wherever you follow your podcast on Lazio Lounge, the podcast in English about Lazio or YouTube on Lazio World. Again, all about Lazio.
1: There you go. Check him out. And uh, you'll find the link to his Twitter handle in the description below. We'll be back uh, next week with another edition of Simply Seria. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review if you haven't done so already. And until next time, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Ciao.